Hi, everyone. I'm Lisa Shea. Welcome to my podcast, Shaycation, Living the Abundant Life, where we will encourage and empower each other to live the full life in Christ. You know, life with God is a trip. What we believe about his goodness determines how great of a trip your life can be. Join me on my Shaycation and let's have a blast on this trip with God that we call life. And here with Fully Thriving, I'm here with Lisa Shea. She is an author and a speaker who passionately shares her life-changing story of living through a devastating divorce, giving her life to Christ, and the journey of remarriage. Today, we get to talk about how to trust God in your marriage. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Anne. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Well, I'm really excited about this, too, because not only are you talking about something that's vitally important, but you're talking from a place of experience. And I love, I always find that people who have walked the walk have so much to share, both from knowledge and from experience. So I'm excited. This is going to be great. It will be. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how did you trust God with your marriage? Well, I started trusting God uh, when I had been married at a very young age, and um, that marriage fell apart. I was not in a personal relationship with Jesus. I had gone to church my entire life. I knew about God, but he was very distant and, uh, you know, was very busy with third world countries and wars and those things. And I always felt like, oh, Billy Graham and Mother Teresa were her, his good kids. And, <laughs> and uh, it was during that season when I had gone through that very painful divorce that God strategically placed a woman sitting next to me at work who had gone through a divorce 10 years prior and that's when she had uh, accepted Jesus and so she just talked to me constantly about this hope in Jesus and I was like oh la 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 like you're a weirdo but I have to work with you in a very small cubicle so I'm going to be cordial um, and it was a very devastating time in my life and uh, depression lost my friends uh, it was suicidal and that is when I uh, reached out and cried out to God and asked him, you know, to show me a sign that he cared. And uh, he showed up in such a radical way in my life that I knew God was real and I knew Jesus was real. And so it was with that experience that then about eight or nine years later, I find myself married again, this time with three children. I didn't have children the first, the first marriage that I was in, um, but I'm married with three children now and my marriage is headed for divorce. What do I do? So the first thing that I did was I remembered what God had done for me in the past. And you know, I think we need to think about that. We need to think about what has God done in my life in the past, because he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he didn't rescue me way back then from depression and chronic fatigue and you know, hopelessness just to abandon me here. Now I had walked away from him, but he never walked away from me. So the first thing is past experiences. The second thing is Revelation 12, 11 says, uh, we will overcome him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and the power of testimony. And so it's, I was listening to other people's marriage testimonies. And at one point I heard a, a, a story and I was like, if God could do that for her, he could do that for me. So people's testimonies carry so much power. And then the next thing that I did was what I call determined obedience. 
And that during this time in my marriage, my, my second marriage with three small children, a, um, I was told by a counselor to throw my husband out of the house to get his attention. And I was devastated. I was like, I know what happened, you know, the first time when I went through that divorce and I now have three children. Now I will pause and say I was not in harm's way. So if you are in harm's way, please remove yourself. God wants you safe. But I wasn't. We just had irreconcilable differences and we couldn't communicate. We couldn't get along. We didn't like each other. Um, so I, I just received a book in the mail from the same woman who had, was instrumental in leading me to the Lord. And she knew nothing about what I was going through in my marriage. Not one, you know, we didn't keep in touch. She just got this book by Dr. Emerson Agrich and Sarah Agrich called Motivating Your Man God's Way. And it was Dr. Emerson, Sarah's first book for women there with Love and Respect Ministries. And she sent it to me. And so, you know, here, here I'm hearing from this counselor to throw my husband out of the house. And I feel like God tells me to be still. And all of a sudden I get this book in the mail from someone who has no clue what I'm going through. And it's, you know, <laughs> about how to show respect to your husband. So it's based on Ephesians 5:33, which says that a husband must love his wife as he loves himself and a wife must respect her husband. And I, I'm like, my husband needs motivating. All of this marriage stuff is all his fault. Because, you know, of course. I mean, <laughs> don't we do that? Don't we always blame the other person? Yeah. And it was, and then I was like, well, if, if he loved me the way he loves himself, of course. Of course I would respect him. Well, when a book shows up in your mailbox <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know it's God, I was like, Mm, reading it and realizing that I had a part in this marriage and that apart from what my husband was or wasn't doing, my, my calling from God as a wife was to show him respect. And I didn't want to at all. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was like, there's no way. Oh my goodness. Absolutely not. I'll be a doormat, uh, all of these things. And, uh, but I was determined. I call it uh, the just do it, determined obedience. So I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. I had no expectations at all. I was like, well, I'll even do it God's way. And then when it doesn't work, I can look my kids in the face and say, mommy did it the best. She, mommy did the best she could. I tried. And then I could look God in the face and say, I even did it your way. And uh, it was difficult. It was challenging. I didn't want to do it all the time, but it was just a determination. So those are the three things that uh, help me learn how to trust God. Yeah. Wow. That's a great story. Just how you frame that. I think about um, so often counselors uh, can think that they should tell their counselees, you need to leave, you need to stay. And um, I'm a big advocate for the person that's making the decision really has to make the decision that's for Absolutely. them. Right. And, you know, to just throw them out of the house. I mean, anything that you do in that relationship has to be very thought through and prayed through and many advisors success assured, right? So you really you discerning. And I love what you said about you thought, well, I can look my kids in the eye and say, I did everything I could. And I can look at God and say, I did everything I could. And I think that's such an important key because we get into that tit for tat 
right? Yes. And yes. I did this, and so I didn't deserve that, so I need to do this. And it's so easy to fall into, right? <laughs> it is. Especially when you're looking at scriptures that are hard, right? When, when you're looking at scripture that says, I'm supposed to respect my husband, but he's not looking respectable. And at the same time, the Bible still says that. So you have to wrestle with what does that look like? Mm -hmm. And the caveat that you gave that, okay, if you're not safe, and um, I, would, I would say the same, if you're not safe uh, mentally or emotionally or physically, because I think right. we have a new era in the last 20 years with the rise of um, narcissism that has yes. transformed the emotional impact in some marriages. Mm -hmm. So I would say, yeah, I would agree with you 100%. If you're not safe, there's a caveat there. And right. that doesn't mean you have to divorce, though, either. Exactly. It, it, it means that you've got to get safe and make a logical decision, right? Absolutely, and God can do a lot during a separation time, that it is okay to separate. And yes, there are times, you know, that, that a divorce unfortunately is necessary, but I tell women all the time because I, you know, I, I mentor them, coach them, so to speak, um, lead them through all of this, that you can get a divorce anytime you know, separate, allow things to calm down, seek wise counsel, pray, seek the Holy Spirit, um, and, and absolutely, so. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. and the reality is if you're doing your work by necessity, your husband's going to do something different. You don't know what it yes. is, but he's yes. going to do something different. <laughs> and I love how you said that because I tell women all the time, I said, you know, even if nothing changes in your marriage, everything changes because you've invited God into the situation and God changes things. So he, he may change your heart. He may change your perspective. He may change the dynamics of your relationship. You know, there's so many things we need to give God a chance. Um, someone uh, said to me one time, you know, you, you need to get out of the way, Lisa, so God can move. And I was like, wow. Um, so we just, we really do need to invite God into our situation. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that, you know, the way to let God move applies to so many things in our lives that mm -hmm. we keep reminding ourselves that we've got to do that. We can see our lives. <laughs> um, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say so many times too, women are like, well, why should I change? Why do I have to be the one? Why me? Why me? Um, you know, if we're truly uh, followers and believers in Jesus Christ, we want, you know, we want to become more like Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, humbling ourselves is not fun. However, you know, when we humble ourselves, God will raise us up. And as I started applying respect toward my husband, remember, I didn't want to, it was hard. There were times I would bite my tongue. I like, I did that for you, God. I did that. Did you see that God? And God always sees. He, he really does. But, um, you know, it's just, it's powerful, you know, when we do invite God in and, and, step out in faith, but God will, I was elevated to a place in my home that I used to fight for. And, you know, I said earlier, you know, I don't want to be a doormat. What we become, whether, whether you're a husband watching this or a wife, if you do your part of God's word, you know, you won't be a doormat. You will be a welcome mat to the power of God in your marriage. I love that. I love that. I love that welcome mat. So what was the hardest part about trusting God? When things 
<laughs> when things got worse <laughs> um, and, and when things did not change as quickly as I had hoped because I had read testimonies of, you know, a woman saying to her husband, you know, I was thinking about you today and these are the things that I respect about you. And, and then the next day she got flowers and, and, you know, one woman got a cruise and I'm like, wow, well, this is a miracle, right? And <laughs> I, I want a cruise. <laughs> and um, I remember, you know, saying, because I was going to do everything in, in, um, that Dr. Emerson uh, in Love and Respect suggests, uh, all Bible-based um, applications towards showing respect to my husband. I was going to do it to the letter because I wanted to look God in the face and say, I did it. I did it your way. Um, and I remember walking into the room and saying to my husband, I was thinking about you today and I just wanted you to know that I really respect you for ABC. Um, and his response was, I bet you do. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. I was <laughs> Where's my sweep me off my feet? There my like, <laughs> and, and you know and and Dr. Emerson will will share, you know, that you know, men, husbands or wives, when, when we start changing, our spouses are leery and they don't believe that this is true. They're skeptical. Um, so when things started to get worse, I did get discouraged. And, but over time I was determined. So I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing it. And Dr. Emerson was very uh, encouraging to me. Now this was back in 2004. Uh, and so he was able to respond to, to emails then. And uh, he's just so, so amazingly busy now, which is such a great, it's so great. Um, but he was able to encourage me and say, stay the course. We don't know why he's doing this. Maybe he's being brought under conviction. Just can you do this? And so I was determined to stay the course. And when I speak and when I'm leading women through groups, I just share with them, if things get worse, yay. And they, you know, and then I duck because I'm waiting for books and punches and all that. I'm like, because the enemy does not give up good territory without a fight. And so often when things get hard, people, oh, it's not working and they quit. And I say, no, it is working. It is working. Stay the course and you will get your breakthrough. So that, that is what, um, what my big, um, issue was with, with moving forward. Um, you know, the other scripture that really resonated with me during that time is 2 Corinthians 4.18. We set our sights on what is unseen because what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. And oh my goodness, Anne, it was like when I just realized that and I was like, you know what? Life on earth is like this. Eternity is eternity. God sees what I'm doing for him. I wasn't doing it to get a chance. Initially, I was like, I'll get, I'll, I'll do this and see if it works on my husband, but God was changing my heart. And I made the decision. I want to be the wife you've called me to be regardless, because I'll be blessed. It's the rewarded cycle. God, no good deed goes unnoticed. So, so that's, uh, that's the scripture that really helped, you know, motivate me to keep moving as I was doing it for the Lord and trusting that I would be rewarded for what he was calling me to do either on earth, but definitely in eternity. Yeah, definitely. And I love that because you came back to this place of, I just want to honor God. Uh -huh. And the reality is, is when we do our work, when we surrender our lives, when we keep the eternal picture, that's really what it's all about. So right. 
we get distracted by the side of heaven so often. And mm -hmm. I love to hear how you stuck with it. Your heart grew and you were ready to accept, okay, God, whatever happens, this is all for you. And I, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So um, what would you say are some of the common obstacles for women? In I would... Well, what, what is respect? What isn't respect? Um, I think they really uh, get confused as to what it is and what it is not. And also um, applying it. Actually, you know, wanting to apply respect, especially when they're not feeling loved or they're not feeling understood or, you know, by their spouse. It's like, mm, why, why, you know, why do I have to do this? I, I just can't. And it all comes down to fear. If we, if we get to the root issue, that is really big for me, is what is the root issue that's keeping you from stepping out in faith, whether it's respecting your husband or, you know, being kind to someone or forgiving somebody, you know, whatever it is that God is calling you to do in your life, if you can't do it, why? Ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that's keeping me from moving forward to, into God's best? And, um, you know, one time when I was leading a group, I had a woman who she, you know, has, had been a uh, believer in Jesus since she was seven years old. She had um, gone to a Christian school her entire life, Christian college, saved herself for marriage, prayed for her husband, got married, was a pillar in the church, and she could not apply respect to her husband. Then I had a brand new believer who had a wild past. She accepted Christ six months prior and she was doing everything to the letter. And, and I was in prayer and I said, God, why? What, what is this? And he said, he spoke to my heart and said, it's all about their faith in me. So if you can't step out in faith or you're struggling with it, ask the Holy Spirit, what is it? And that is an invitation for for God to show you who he truly is. In those darkest times in, in my marriage, both marriages, um, God showed up. And there are characteristics of you know, his nature that you can never take away from me because I experienced him in those moments. And the more we experience God, the stronger we become. Our relationship with him is, is just grows and strengthens. And then we truly become who he has called us to be. And it's all because of our faith in him. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that question asking why and how important that is in your prayer time to understand, you know, what is it that's going on inside me, Lord, that's keeping me from being able to step forward. Mm -hmm. I had, I had one woman and she's just like, I just can't, I just can't. And I said, why? Let's ask God, what, what, what do you think? And she just folded her hands and she said, pride. And instantly the word of God came to me and I didn't mean it in a, in a mean way, but I just looked at her and said, pride comes before the fall. And it like, it hit her because she had been in church a very long time too. And she knew the word 
And she was able, I said, now take that to God and repent for the pride and ask the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, to help empower you to do these simple things, which, you know, showing respect to another human being is very easy. What becomes a challenge is when we're wounded or hurt or we're not getting the love reciprocated. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but again, we do it for the Lord. Yeah. And that fear is a big factor for a lot of women. Absolutely. And, and I had the, I had it too. So I, I'm speaking from experience. I'm not saying, oh, you know, and I, I didn't want to do it either. And there were days I would have rather laid on a highway and been hit by a bus and women laugh at that, but I have been there. I have cried. Mm -hmm. I wanted to quit. And, uh, you know, surround yourself with, with strong believers who will pray with you and encourage you to stay the course and do what God's calling you to do. And, uh, and you can do it. Yeah. Well, you, you kind of gave us two practical tools that we might be able to use with asking why and, and surrounding yourself with believers that can support you. Do you have any other tools that might be helpful for getting unstuck? I do. I have, it's called, it's very, very profound, three R's. <laughs> I wish I could come up with a, a clever name for it, but I call it the three R's. It's recognize, replace, repeat. And, you know, when we're faced with a situation and the love and respect, we call it the crazy cycle, you know, I, I'm going to, um, I'm feeling un, unloved, so I naturally act disrespectful. And when my husband's feeling disrespected, he naturally acts unloving. So when I'm in this crazy cycle, the thoughts that are going through my head are things will never change. He's a jerk. I'm, you know, I'm pathetic. You know, this is impossible. Well, what God showed me in my journey was to recognize, replace, repeat. So 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says that we, sh we are to take every thought captive. Mm -hmm. So when I was hearing things will never change, nope, that's a lie. Okay, so let's recognize that lie. Then replace it. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So scripture says, with God, all things are possible. So when I would have those thoughts, like, nope, that's a lie. I recognize the lie, replace it with God, with God, all things are possible. And then um, repeat it over and over because Joshua 1, 8 says that we're to meditate on the, the book of the law, the word of God day and night. And uh, that's how we will be, be prosperous and successful. So recognize, replace, repeat. So I would put scriptures all over my house that, so that I would see it all the time. So I was meditating on it. I would speak them out loud because the word of God never returns void. It's powerful and effective. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It does things in the heavenlies that we don't understand. So by speaking that out, I would always say, I can't do this. Nope, that's a lie. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So those are the tools. It's recognizing when you have feelings, when you're having those doubts, what's the lie you're believing? Replace it with the truth and repeat it, repeat it. And then all of a sudden you'll be faced with a similar circumstance and the word of God will come to you before the lie. And wow, you've just experienced God and it's awesome. Yeah, amazing. So the repeat is repeating the scripture. Yes, yes. Repeat the scripture over and over. I would put, I had sticky notes in my car, on my mirror, in the bathroom. I would say it, you know, throughout the day. And I just, again, was determined to 
to do God's word. So, and in doing that, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah, absolutely. And you just touched those, those three things really, um, they're worded in they're rooted in the word of God yes. and backed by modern science. So yeah. the, this concept that you're talking about, about noticing the thoughts, we have a negativity bias. And I often tell people, don't believe your thoughts. <laughs> your thoughts <laughs> right. you know, just don't believe them. Question them. Ask, but get curious about the thought and compare it to truth. So mm -hmm. there you have it, right? You're looking, okay, so I'm thinking this thought, is this really true? You're, you're replacing it with truth. You're seeking scripture. And then we love to obey our own mouth. Like when we speak things out loud, it really ingrains it. And it, it works both ways. The reading the scripture, it mm -hmm. really helps to change the way we think, even on a actual neuroplasticity level. And if we're choosing the thoughts of, I can't do it, this will never be better. You know, we're also changing our brains on a neuroplasticity level as well. So we That's can amazing. do what we want to do. That's good. God designed the brain. <laughs> right. And, and our feelings are attached to our thought. Well, I feel this way. And don't my feelings matter? Yes, your feelings do matter. But what, what are you, like you said, what are, voice are you listening to? You know, John 10, 10 says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I, Jesus came to give an abundant life. So I always tell women, you know, grab your butt. What, <laughs> what, what side of the butt are you look? Are you focusing on the negative? <laughs> or, or are you looking at the abundant life that Jesus died such a horrific death so that we could live abundantly? And, mm -hmm. and I know for me, and I just pray for, for the listeners today that, you know, you choose to, to look at what Jesus died to give us and partner with him in that and live victoriously. And, and in doing that, we can change our hearts, change our marriages, change our families and mm -hmm. beyond. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you have a resource for our audience. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. The Respectfully Yours Bible Study is a great resource. It is going to encourage you to uh, become a doer of the word. You know, so often we hear the word and it's like, okay, yes, yes, that's good. Amen. <laughs> I believe in that. But God is calling us to be a doer of the word. So what the Respectful Yours Bible Study does is it's an introduction to Ephesians 5.33 on showing uh, respect to your husband. And then it's challenging you to become a doer of the word and gives you little tips on, on how to do that. And then how to um, go deeper into our eight-week uh, DVD, or I'm sorry, eight week study. Um, it's now digital, but uh, called Respectfully Yours. So, but you get about a 20, 25, 27 minute free Bible study to introduce you to, to okay. that. That sounds like a great resource because so often we, we know conceptually this is what we want to do, but we're just stuck in where do I start? And so that's a great starting place for the ladies that are listening that if they're recognizing this as a real void in their life and they need to make some changes. Amazing. Thank you for sharing your Yes. Wisdom. And a lot of the thing, everything I talked about with you is, is in that. So, so yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what kind of, what the ladies get from it. So it's be fun. I really appreciate you sharing generously, not only your gift, but your time and your wisdom and your experience and how you even share beyond our time together, you know, in so many different apps 
atmospheres, if I can spit out the word. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. I, like I said earlier, I am just so honored to, uh, that you would have me do this and to partner with you. And I bless you and your ministry. And uh, I'm excited to see what God, what God does. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. You can find any resources mentioned in my podcast by going to lisasheaministries.com. Click on podcast and look for the show notes where we'll have links for resources to help you continue on this trip called life.